Today on the No City on the Sideline Dad podcast, episode number 96. Looking for the possible in the impossible with Lady J from Eagle Entertainment next on the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley, and I really want to say thank you. Thank you for being here. You choosing to spend time listening means a lot to me. Really means a huge bunch. And if it's your first time, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, I got a very special guest today. A really inspirational story about a person overcoming their past and help other people and be successful being a parent, being a businesswoman, being just, it's, it's incredible, inspirational story. Next up on the podcast, Lady J, the mother, author, mentor, motivational speaker, business coach, serial entrepreneur, community leader, someone who overcame the impossible to make it possible. I mean, growing up, you hear more about her story and stuff like that, but she, I give you one or two things. She in this there's a big list of things and it's pretty pretty impressive actually. Domestic violence, rape, abandonment, divorce, homelessness. That's just to name a few. She overcame these things. Here's on the list of things that she does, besides being a mother of four, which any parent knows that being a parent, just one kid is hard. Or in doing all the things she does, wow. It is pretty, pretty impressive. Author, book, series, book, life support, founder, nonprofit for No Limit Ministry, founder of CEO, um, founder and CEO of Ego Entertainment, which that's where all her stuff is, the radio station, the podcast. It's it's a pretty, pretty impressive. In the last 10 years, she's helping the in, in Annapolis. She lives in Annapolis, Indiana. I'm helping the homeless. She shares a lot of inspirational stories and about the trials and tribulations she had to go through to get where she is now. Let's jump right in from the podcast, Lady J. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I was kind of curious. I was looking at some of your stuff and stuff like that. And one thing I actually listened to podcast, I listened to one of your podcasts today, the radio show is now podcasting. And um, I listened to one of them and it's I am possible. I really, really stuck out to me. What does that mean to you? I'm possible. So basically all about overcoming the impossible. So when you are in a storm or you're going through, you know, traumas and hardships, it always seems like it's never going to end. You know, a lot of people give up and things of that sort, but and it seems like it's impossible, you know, to overcome and all of your hopes and dreams and even yourself, you may feel like, you know, even yourself is impossible. It's impossible for you to overcome this. It's impossible to become that. So I'm possible is all about overcoming the impossible and knowing that you are still possible. Well, it's interesting too, is have you overcome anything impossible or I am impossible? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) A lot of things. (laughs) So just to summarize, (laughs) you know, I have overcome, you know, childhood sexual abuse, you know, being kidnapped and raped, being addicted to narcotics, uh, prescription drugs, homelessness, you know, suicidal attempts as a teenager, even homelessness as, as an adult. 
domestic violence. I'm currently recovering from a brain aneurysm. I've overcome a lot of things that were impossible. Yeah, you got a good, you got a good sized list of things yeah. that I have to overcome. What are, oh, yeah. what, what are some of the things you learned from all this, uh, all this experience? Oh, let's see. <laughs> One, what I have learned is you cannot get over or overcome those things without help. So when you endure a lot of trauma and uh, abandonment and things of that sort as a child, you develop, or a lot of people develop, I know I did, a sense of pride, meaning that you don't want to ask anybody for anything because you were always made to feel like you were a burden. You know, I can do this on my own. And then you get to the point where, you know, it becomes too much. That's a lot for a child to endure, you know? So now you're trying to commit suicide and things of this, you know, things of that, but you don't know how to ask for help. So, and you take that into adulthood. So you, you end up learning that you have to, there has to be somebody. And there were a, a couple of people along the way, you know, to, to, Im, to impart a couple of things into me to help me along the way. So you're going to need help to overcome. Also, I learned that there's a difference between coping and overcoming. So a lot of therapists, for instance, and I, I have a background in psychology. So a lot of therapists use the word coping or they they come up with this plan where you learn how to cope with with these things. And I just don't believe in coping with, you know, the side effects of trauma and and hardships. I believe that you have the ability to completely overcome it. If I can do it, you can do it. Coping is is fine for the transition, the the, the transition part of the journey. But the ultimate goal should be to fully overcome it. Well, it's interesting too. I mean, some of the challenges that you said you were homeless as an adult and, and some of this, and you have a brain aneurysm, recovering from a brain aneurysm, brain aneurysm. I got to say that, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the challenges, I'm just curious, how do you deal with it? How, how, what is your day like? Like, especially in the situation just recently, how much, what is your day like? Well, so I have therapy three times a week. Mm-hmm. So I have speech therapy, speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and mental health therapy. <laughs> And so it's a lot. And you see the neurologist and the, and the neurosurgeon, the neurosurgeon and his team at least once every 90 days and then go for uh, blood pressure checkups at the doctor. So my week consists of a lot of hard work all the time, trying to acclimate back into my normal daily activities before this happened. I have four children, so it, it, it's difficult. It's a lot of work. And the funny thing is you tire out. So because now my eyes are damaged. My hearing is damaged, so, you know, I can't go to a movie theater and enjoy a movie. I can't look at the screen. It's too bright. I have to wear glasses. There's a lot of different things that that I have to do on a daily basis. I have to watch my emotions if I get too excited, if I talk too long or get, you know, compassionate about what I'm talking about or crying. Then it sends my blood pressure up or it makes me have a severe pain in my head especially on the side where the brain aneurysm happened. Mm-hmm. So I have to watch that because I don't want to have the coiling come undone. So I have to live with this brain aneurysm in my head for the rest of my life. It's just coiled off for the moment. So I'm at high risk for another aneurysm or maybe a stroke. And so I have to watch all of these things. And it's just, you have to accept that you're not going to be the same anymore. And it's kind of like, it has some effects of a stroke. So like my right side is weaker now, just now to the point where I can walk for a few minutes, maybe six to 10 minutes without a cane or a walker. If I have to go long distances, then I have to have my wheelchair and things of that sort. It's And it, and it takes a toll on you emotionally. It must be hard too being a mom before. What are the age range in your four children? Oh yeah. I'm glad they're older now. 
and 10. Well, I mean, they must see you and, and then see you in the situation you have. And, and you must, it must get frustrating for you to see so you, them to see you the way you are. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will say I love my children. They, but previously, um, they were already sharing me with a lot of different kids <laughs> because of what I do with life support with the youth. But just them seeing me and preparing to say goodbye for, for the last time when I had the brain aneurysm. So, you know, they had to make funeral arrangements and things of that sort. They didn't expect me to make it. Most people with my condition don't. So, so being able to, to have them there and then seeing me through this whole process, they've been some real troopers with me not being able to support them and none of their school activities, like before school shut down you know, last year, not being able to spend time with them and do things with them like I normally would. This whole year, last year has been, it's been challenging for them, but they have done an amazing job and they have been like the best helpers ever. They want to do everything for me. So they're like, you're not supposed to be doing that. You know, sit down, don't do that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> maybe this, maybe this um, saying home thing is a blessing for them right now. <laughs> you, you can use their help. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I, you know what? And I've learned to one of the, biggest lessons that I am learning is how to say no and put myself first. So part of the, a big part of the reason I, I even had the brain aneurysm is because I literally just go, was on the go, 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 go all the time, all the time, you know, between running three companies, you know, my kids and their extracurricular activities and helping this person, helping that person. And it was just, I, I wasn't eating, you know, or when I was eating, I wasn't eating, you know, like I should, ne- not sleeping. I probably get two to three hours of sleep a day. If that, there were times I would sit up for 24 to almost 48 hours. Wow. <laughs> it was just, it was crazy. And I, I literally ran myself into the ground and I'm learning how to say no, and I'm learning how to be still. So that's not something I have done, you know, for a very long time. <laughs> Well, it's interesting too. all the life things you talked about before the aneurysm and stuff like that. And then you just mentioned something about I me mean, making final arrangements and stuff. How, 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 how hard was that to deal with it? How hard for you to deal with leaving maybe possibly before you feel poor children behind? Difficult. So I wasn't able to talk. So just I wasn't able to talk, walk. I can do anything for myself. So when I could hear uh, my eyes were closed, they were trying to keep me awake because, you know, if slip, falling asleep, it's easy for me. It would have been easy for me to slip into a coma and then, you know, it, it goes from bad to worse. <laughs> so I could hear my significant other and my godmother. They were they're my power of attorneys and they were the ones that make the decision to, you know, to go ahead with the brain surgery and and all of that. And, and they had to fill out this this paperwork for, you know, funeral and burial arrangements to, so, to, to say what what they wanted done and where it was supposed to take place. My thing was when I was in the hospital room in the ER before they, I think it was before they admitted me, if I remember correctly. When I had my eyes closed, I could hear, I could hear what they were saying, but I couldn't speak. And so when they told me, when, when they doctor came in and said, I'm, I'm so sorry, you know, Ms. Murrow, you just suffered a, a ruptured brain aneurysm. And I could hear people asking, so is she, is she going to survive? And they're like, we can't guarantee that there's a high probable chance that she won't. And there's a chance that she, that she might, you know, but these are the steps that we can take. And I started crying. You know, I was already in so much pain. And then tears just started, you know, running down. So like, I'm not, in, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm not going to be able to see my kids. I'm not going to be able to say bye to them. Yeah. So that's what that, that was like. Wow. But it's also, too, it's interesting. And I'm also like all the other things you, you do. I mean, from the, before the aneurysm, it sounds like you're a very busy person. I was looking at 
some of the stuff you've done, like the bounce back, you were helping out. What's, what was that about bounce back? Okay, so the bounce back uh, coaching is, is basically the life coaching. So teaching people how to bounce back from trauma. That's part of the life support sessions that I do with youth and families. So I've run into so many young people who've been sexually abused, who, you know, grew up in households where, you know, with drug addicted parents or didn't grow up with their parents, you know, mm-hmm. their uh, wards of the state or just so many different things. And so teaching them how to how to take ownership of of their lives and understanding that while your parents are, you know, a big part of who you are, they don't get to determine what road you take or what your purpose will be in life. That's all up to you. And so you can either choose to have these things make you or break you. And so because I didn't have anyone to teach me or I didn't get therapy or any of those things, you know, coming up through as a child, I wanted to be for them what I didn't have. So um, that's where the bounce back. uh, That's where I got that from. You know, everybody always calls, says I'm the bounce back queen. It's like, (laughs) my God, you know, Lady J, you always bounce back from everything. You know, so but literally, they like, know this is the most challenging thing that I'm facing right now that I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm, I don't feel like I'm going to bounce. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm going to bounce back because I'm just not the same. And there, I mean, there's so many challenges with this. So I'm just like, so that's where that bounce back comes in at teaching other people how, you know, how to bounce back after, you know, they've been at their lowest point. Well, one thing I was interested to is the life support. There's a book series that that's how it started up on Life Support LLC. I was kind of curious about that. What was the book series about? It's my life story. Actually, and of course, I couldn't tell it all because I could it'd probably be the, the, thing of the Bible. <laughs> but I took, I took the meat and potatoes portion of my life story and I put it into um, a book series. And once that hit, you know, Amazon and I started selling that, you know, in person, it just kind of spread like wildfire. And then I got contacted by Job Corps first, I think, in the one in uh, Camp Atterbury in Edinburgh, Indiana. And then from there, it just like literally like blew up. Next thing you know, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I have contracts with uh, schools and with, you know, the the job courts in the Midwest, after school programs, just a whole lot of things, you know, uh, speaking at this event and that event, women's empowerment and just everywhere. It was crazy. But so, so that was the catapult to that. So once they once they figured out that it wasn't just me telling my story, when I come go in to speak anywhere, I never just want to be really transparent and detailed in telling my story. I also want to leave some tools and tips, some tangible you know, things that they can use to help them overcome what it is they're dealing with. And so once I was able to do that, they were like, hey, can you come back and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, help them? So I'm like, okay. So then I created the life support company, you know, and that's where the life support sessions come in at and the bounce back, you know, life coaching and things of that sort. Well, it's interesting too. I wonder if you could share any kind of stories of anything that you encountered with that, with that experience with the life support company, anything like any kids or families come up and said, I, I really appreciate what you did and what you said. Oh yeah. So the one thing I realized that my story, the, the the very first time I realized that my story was very powerful was my very first speaking engagement at Camp Atterbury. So it was about 250 young girls. And every time I speak, I like to give a visual, like a a live demonstration. And so I gave a live demonstration while telling my story. And then I, at the end, you know, I talked about the steps that I took to get to where I was at that point. 
And so once that was over, or I should say even before that, while I was talking, I had everyone's attention, the whole entire room, all the administrators and everything within the first two minutes. By five to 10 minutes in, I mean, people were crying and I just had everybody on the edge of their seats. I mean, you could hear a pin drop in the room. (laughs) And then afterwards, I mean, they just like swarmed the podium and was like, just started telling me their entire stories, like all of them. (laughs) And they were like, so how did you do this? And how did you do that? And it happens every single time. And I find that with young people, just like any kids, you know, kids can, can, can sense when you are for real, you know what I'm saying? And when you're not. And when you are somebody that they can identify with and they know that you understand that you're a person that could understand, they'll be more than willing to open up and you don't have to pry anything out of them. You know, so once I found out that 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 once I had that experience, I found out, okay, this is the way I need to approach every single young person in every family or an adult when I interact, you know, with them. I undress self first completely. And then they'll be open to share anything and receive whatever help that I have. Wow. It must have made you must must have blown you away with that experience. Oh yeah. And it makes you emotional because just being able to love on some of them, like some of them were so like hurt and just being able to hug them, you know what I'm saying? Love on them. I even started bringing other people with me to help with that because everybody wanted to talk to me, you know, wanted to hug me and things of that sort. So I wanted people to be able to, embrace them, you know, if I didn't get a chance to or something. So, you know, going around the room and just just loving on them as well and giving some words of encouragement, too. And so what I started doing was I started doing group sessions because one on one, there's just way too many hundreds and hundreds of young people everywhere. There's no way I could (laughs) I could serve like all of them individually. It, it's 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 powerful, and one thing that's interesting too, and because you also you have to be an inspiration to the kids and see what when they actually see what you do and stuff. The LadyJ.co, the, the, all your radio like radio shows and companies. I, honestly, I'm kind of like, look, I'm not doing enough because I'm seeing all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, some of the stuff too. I mean, I'm I'm really impressed with the 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 graphics and stuff like that. How did some of these come across? Like, you know, there was one with Pillow Talk. The other one mm-hmm. is Business Bangers. And the other mm-hmm. one is I Am, I am, I am Possible. How, mm-hmm. how did that come about? I'm just curious. Okay, so the I'm Possible show was spin off from my book series as well. So what happened was when the book came out, I started getting a whole bunch of uh, requests to be interviewed on radio shows and TV. So I started doing that and then... And then somebody was like, oh, my God, you could reach so many more people, so much more people if you would do a radio show and do what you do in life support on the radio and talk about these issues, you know, think this or something like, okay. So I did that. And then the radio show turned into having my own radio station. So somebody, you know, it's like, hey, I want to invest in what you're doing. I think you should have your own platform. And, And then that turned into me having to disconnect from that person. Because it just wasn't right business wise. And then that turned into me having the whole multimedia company of Ego Entertainment. So um, radio, TV, digital magazine, and media services. And now the Ego Center. What is the Ego Center? I was curious. So the Ego Center is a is a multimedia center. So people can book. Uh, we have a radio podcast station there. So JQLM Radio. We rent out the facility fully equipped. <laughs> 
a studio, Radio and Podcast Studio. There's a photography and television and film studio there as well. And a um, and you can see it on the website, so you can take a virtual tour. And a, excuse me, a meeting area as well. So like a, there's a meeting area as well in the front. And then Business Bangers was a business, business Bangers Spotlight show. I did that because I had so many people coming to me asking me, hey, Lady J, I know that you are a guru in business. So I, I do have a degree in business management and business development is something I've done for ooh, probably 15 plus years, 12, probably 12 plus years, you know, in the corporate world before I even started my own business. And so I started doing I added that as a part of life support. So because I started having young people and adults that wanted to start their own business or, you know, wanted to do what I did. You know, so teaching them that and then it turned into a business help shop, teaching people how to start, grow or fix their business. And then I started promoting businesses on like major networks, BET, you know, Bravo, any major television network you can think of through Comcast and AT&T Uverse. And then and then I was like, okay, let me just do a show where I can highlight business owners from all over, you know, the world. And so that's how that show came about. So basically, it's just 45 minutes me talking to someone talking to a business owner and them being able to tell tell their entrepreneurship journey, you know, sharing w- what their product or service is and and then how people can contact them. So, and then, you know, they're able to give tips as well. And then Pillow Talk was just something I did for fun when I started the radio station, me and my significant other. It actually was me and two other people at first that started it and people loved it. It's all about relationships. So romantic relationships. And I mean, we talk about and we keep everything real raw and relevant on all the all the shows. So it's it's definitely a grown folk show. OK, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not for kids. So it's it's a fun show. I, I, I absolutely love it. And that's how that came about. So well, I was curious, what do your kids think about all the stuff you do? And you must they must be you must be an inspiration to them for all the stuff you do. Oh, yeah. So my kids think I am. They think I'm super one. (laughs) They found out here recently that I'm not, (laughs) you know, after that happened to me. But so now they're just they're always they treat me like I'm China, like I'm a break or something. So now they think they're my parent. (laughs) But but I see a lot of me in them. I know when I work with the homeless, so I do have a nonprofit, which is the No Limits Ministry Incorporated. And I've been working with homeless people for Ooh, since 2010 mm-hmm. and allowing them to experience that with me every single time going out to serve them. I used to have transitional housing and things of that sort. They, every time they see a homeless person, they want to give something. My daughter is a ear for her friends that are dealing with, you know, issues at home. And she always comes and asks me for help. My 16 year old, mm-hmm. my, my youngest, I see a little piece of me in all of my kids. And so I really love that. What I'm doing is inspiring them to help, and encourage and uplift other people. Well, I was curious too. The media center, the, the do do anything with kids there too? Like any program and stuff like that, teaching so, podcasting or anything like that. Uh, oh yeah, so I started about two years ago. I started the summer media camp, and I have kids sign up, and they can do a four to six week program where they come in and learn radio, how to how to put together a radio or podcast show, and television. And what they do is they get to they learn the boards. So there's somebody somebody has to you know learn the boards. They put together this show. They come up with a name. We go live on air. And they get to do a radio drop. So their commercial airs. And then uh, those on the television side, they get to put together like um, a um, a mini series and we promote it on television. So 
Yeah, and then I have this thing called A Day with Lady J, where uh, Kip, Kip Indy School's first school to sign up, and they bring their class class uh, rooms to the center, and they uh, spend a day with me, see what my day is like, what each area does, and you know I can't take them with me when I'm doing life support, so so I decided to do it for Ego Entertainment, and they get to eat lunch there, you know, ask questions and that sort. And it's free. Wow. That's very inspirational the kids. And that's, I'm like, I said, you do a lot of stuff. I'm very, I'm like, wow, I'm very impressed. (laughs) Well, wrapping up, I guess with final thoughts, and you want to leave with um, maybe some kids going through some trauma that you grew up with and stuff like that. How, what's some final thoughts maybe for parents or kids? One thing I would say, you can't move forward after any type of trauma until you admit that, that there is an issue. So first thing you have to do is admit that there's an issue. You have to admit that I'm feeling this way. You know, I'm having these thoughts or, you know, I'm addicted to this or that because you have to find then you have to find the root of of the what. So you have to find the why. Go back to where it all began. You know, I tell people all the time, people don't just wake up one day and decide I'm going to kill myself or that I'm going to start doing drugs and now I'm I'm an addict and they don't want to you know, stop or they're constantly fighting or, you know, getting into gangs. People don't just wake up one day and decide that there's a reason why. So go back to the, to the root and it is painful as it may be, you know, wanting to re, you know, not wanting to relive it. You have to go back to the root. And once you get there, you have to then be honest with yourself and admit, yes, this did happen. And then you have to start the journey of forgiveness. And so forgiveness is the hardest thing in the beginning stages to complete healing and overcoming trauma, because in our minds, we feel like forgiving somebody is letting them off or you're justifying it, you know, their behavior or whatever the case may have been. But it's not true. Forgiveness is for you and it's not for the other person, because while you're holding on to this, this person has gone on about their lives. You're the one that's stuck, you know, and karma has a way of dealing with people in ways that we couldn't even imagine. We all have to reap what we sow with good and bad. And a lot of times you don't reap the same way that you sowed. So we we have to get to the place where we forgive and understand that when it is people that are the closest to us, like our parents or any type of family member or someone we trusted, we have to understand that before they encountered us or had us um, or birthed us, they had lives themselves. They had experiences themselves. It doesn't justify or excuse what they did, but it gives you some insight into why they do what they do or why they did what they did or said what they said. And so that's where I found a little bit of peace when I started the forgiveness process. I had to understand that, hey, you know, my father, he was he was abandoned by his birth mom and adopted. You know, she never came back for him, but she went back for other kids. So he was just never able to get over that. You know, that's how he got into drugs. And now he has kids and he never took care of us. You know, he was violent towards women, you know, beat on my mom. My mother, she was abused, you know, sexually abused as a child you know, raped and things like sort. She didn't get help. She didn't have the tools to give me. It doesn't justify what they did. Um, does it justify her, you know, trying to, you know, just discarded me? No, but it gives me some insight. People can't give to you what they don't have. So I would say start there. Anybody, any adult or child. And then if you are an adult and you have children, please, please, please go through the process because 
when you don't, you create a generational curse or cycle and you pass those things down to your children. And if you want to be a great parent or effective parent, then you have to deal with your emotional and mental trauma. You have to. Well, thank you, Lady J. Thank you very much for um, being on the podcast. Hey, where they can connect you, they want to reach out and find more about you and, and reach out and have any questions. Yeah. So you can always visit my website at www.ladyj.co. From that website, you can pretty much see everything that I do and it'll link you to other websites of mine, <laughs> my companies. So again, that's www.ladyj.co. The business phone number is 317-886-0296. You can leave a message there for any of the companies that you would like to know more about. I would say that's the best way to reach me. Of course, you can follow me on social media, but I have so many pages. It's ridiculous. So <laughs> I'm not even going to put those all out there. You get them actually on my website. <laughs> <laughs> well, all links will be in the show notes um, for the tonight's episode. I really do appreciate your time. Thank you much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed myself. Wrapping up this episode, I want to thank Lady J for being a guest on the podcast. You can find more about her and all the things she does, everything she does. She's a busy woman <laughs> over at ladyj.co. You can find all links in this show over at nosittingonthesideline.com slash nine six. Hey, please reach out, comment, question, or just say hello. Hey, I'm listening. Hey, if you want to find out more about me or about this podcast, go to nosittingonthesideline.com slash contact. Hey, I don't ask about this, but I think I really want to reach out today and let you know that I really appreciate you. Please take a minute and check out the No City on the Sideline Dad Podcast Facebook page. Join the group. Join the conversation. I'd love to have you there. Or go to the group page or is actually the Facebook page and click like so we can connect. I'd like to connect with you. I know what you're all about. And you can listen and find out what I'm about watch crazy videos of me and my son and stuff like that. I would really appreciate you there. I'd love to hear your story. Well, thank you for listening until next time. Take care, give your kids a hug and tell them how much you love them. Hey, and also I have to give them a hug, call somebody and let them ask them how they're doing. Listen to hear their story and see if they have any help. And sometimes we would just need somebody to listen to until next time. Take care. God bless. See ya.